Real Talk Universe, eco-feminist, vegan, spiritual commentary. Hello, Juan. Hi, Sherry. Something about you looks a little bit different. Hmm. <laughs> Take a wild guess. <laughs> Is it wild cherry? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Y'all, Juan dyed his hair. I did. It looks really good. Thank you. It's about the fifth iteration <laughs> of my hair color in the past two days. We've all been there, done that. So wait, describe the situation. All right. So I'm making an appointment about two weeks ago at our local Aveda Institute mm-hmm. because I love supporting education. <laughs> local education. Local education. <laughs> Of the beauty industry, especially with a plant-based formula. I love that. Which I, I did love not know. That. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't either. <laughs> so I call the Aveda Institute, and on the phone, I'm like very timid because they can get me in pretty soon. She's being really nice. I'm like, oh, this is going so well. But I have to drop the ball and say, but I'm a vegan. Right. Do you have any vegan products? Right. And she's like... Girl, that's what we do. Like, that's what we're known for, that everything is plant-based and vegan. Really? I said, oh, all right, bitch, see you tomorrow at two. <laughs> Wait, this is Avita? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, like, everything or specifically, or or did you have to, like, go in and make, like, make sure? No, my there? understanding is that everything. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So, I was also very proud to support vegan business. Of yeah. Course, right. Well, now I'm intrigued. Right. For my own damn self. <laughs> mm-hmm. And on a budget, because you know I'm a budget queen. Yeah, well, girl, same. Right. So, well, well, that's exciting. Yeah. So, I made my appointment. I went in. And, of course, you know what every person does whenever you get your hair done, which... I say that as if this wasn't the first time that I've gotten my hair done. Every time I go in, I was going to say, I know you get your hair dyed every once in a good while, but for me, this was my first. Mm. So I sat down and she goes, so what prompted this change? Oh. Uh And I had to think about it really quick because I didn't really have a reason. So I thought. You did. Of course, there's always a reason. Yeah, well, yeah, there is. Anytime you're wanting to change your hair or any part of your physical appearance, there's that's always so a reason. That's so true. It ain't never for no reason. No, that's so true. And so in the moment, I was like, oh, I just wanted to do something spontaneous. And so she started and she was like, oh, okay. And then two minutes later, I was like, no, I know why. Because of course I have to analyze the shit out of everything, whether I'm in a classroom or in a goddamn hairstylist chair. The English teacher has never left you. Exactly. <laughs> And I said, so I'm about to talk about myself for a while, which of course they're used to. And I said, so I'm about to start a PhD program. Mm. So that is news to her and maybe to you. (laughs) Surprise. Surprise. (laughs) So I will be getting my PhD at the University of Pittsburgh. Yes, bitch. Yes, bitch. And I was going up to a student visiting days Mm -hmm. a few days after. And so I thought, well, this could be fun. That's what I thought I was doing it for, right? Which it was. And then as I sit in the chair, I said, I have to tell you, I'm just so goddamn nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Which I bet she hears all the time. Right. It's always a little nerve wracking. Right. But for me, I think I thought I was nervous about the hair. I don't think I was nervous about the hair. I was nervous about the PhD program. Oh, well, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. (laughs) I said, I'm about to go to this thing. I said, it's a really long backstory. Like, I would need five hair colorings for me to give you the entire backstory. Sure. But what I can tell you is, I'm afraid to leave Florida. Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to miss all my friends, Mm -hmm. but I think this is the right thing to do. And so I think that maybe by me dyeing this hair for a very immediate radical change will get me into the mindset of embracing change as it happens. Ooh. Ooh, right. she was probably shook by that because I don't think she, she prob- fully understood. I was gonna say I don't, I don't know if that type of analysis is typical because that's a phenomenal connection that you made. Well, and it was amazing how there was really no reason when I when I called to make the appointment, and then when I'm sitting in the chair, I was like, "Yes, bitch, if you can do this, what else can you do?" <laughs> <laughs> in some instances she's cheaper than a therapist right so. exactly no certainly well and that appointment took about four hours because she fucked up a few times which is fine that's why it's an educational experience whoa and you were there for four hours i was there for four hours but honey i paid a fraction of the price yeah, yeah so yeah. i was able to practice my patience be yeah. in the moment i kept drinking their tea because they keep asking you do you want tea and oh. i said yes hot uh, tea cold tea hot tea Dang, really? Yep, so I kept sipping their tea. For free? For free. Shit. Mm-hmm. I gotta go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Four hours later. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think after I was done with that appointment, I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh, I think I like this. Well, what did you look like? Well, I was a platinum blonde, honey. <laughs> atomic blonde, bitch. <laughs> I was. I was an atomic bomb, bitch. Dang. I came out of that studio looking as blonde I, I guess whenever you're dying hair, it's on a scale of 10. And I was a nine. Shit. <laughs> 10 being the surface of the sun, burning out your retinas. And one being in the depths of hell. Y'all, can I just tell you, I had no clue. I had no clue that Juan had planned this. Because I don't even think you did. No, I right. didn't. And I opened up my Snapchat... <laughs> Was it the day of Katie's wedding? Was it the Saturday? It was Friday. It was Friday. Okay, so it was, oh, it was rehearsal dinner. So I'm at Katie, my friend Katie's rehearsal dinner, and I open up my Snapchat, and Juan sends me a snap, and it's a selfie of him with platinum blonde hair. (laughs) (laughs) It's in no way. And I was so excited to share it because I think I also needed to get used to it, but but I had every intention of keeping it. Yeah, yeah. And so then a few days go by. Well, wait, you also have wanted to do this. You've spoken about doing this before, too. I have, but I was never really as serious about it because there was never a reason. And you know me, I'm very cost effective. No, absolutely. So for me to know this was $100 that could give me so many other things. This could give me a road trip, a weekend road trip. This could give Mm, me an experience. We put it towards vacation, Let me whatever. Yeah. And so for me to spend it all on one thing was a lot for me. It's frustrating. Right. Yeah. And so I move on and I'm flying out of Tampa to go to Pittsburgh for these visiting days, right? Yeah. Because that's where Lily and my dog is. She was at grandpa's house Mm -hmm. for that time and so I have it's about 11 30 and my flight leaves for Pittsburgh at like four okay and I'm about an hour away from the airport and I look in the mirror as I'm getting dressed stop it and I said no (laughs) stop it I said what have I done you dyed your hair back or rather you tried to get as close as possible within yeah. within literally four hours, five hours of your flight leaving? Yes. So I literally pick up the phone at 1130. I said, do you have a 12 o'clock appointment? And can I be done by two? Because I have to get this flight. And they said, sure, we'll find a way. And so 
Cut to me Where on did US you go? 19 to the Aveda salon in Clearwater. <laughs> and so, Y'all, we are not sponsored by Aveda, we are but not we're sponsored. interested. Um, <laughs> what? I'm like, shook. So I'm fucking Tokyo drifting down US 19. <laughs> And I don't know if it sounded like this, but I just have the sound effect of tires screeching into the parking lot, <laughs> parking in the goddamn fire lane as I just halt myself in there. And it's like I had enough urgency on the phone that yeah. they were like ready for me. Like they rushed me in like it was the goddamn emergency room. I was like, put me on my goddamn stirrups and get me right into that bowl, honey. I am dead by this. I had no idea the sense of urgency. It was urgent. And so I go in. And I see this woman who's going to be doing my hair, and she's a little fried. Yeah. And I go, where are you from? And she goes, Arizona. Oh, I said, yes. perfect. Perfect. I said, you are just the girl for this job. <laughs> I said, listen, I'm not going to tell you to do a bad job, but I feel like you're the kind of girl who understands the words, get her done. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> and she smiles, and she has a little bit of a snaggle tooth. And I said, oh, she's going to do great. She's my split soul. She's perfect. <laughs> And so her teacher comes over, which at the Aveda Institute, it was funny how the parallels between the Tallahassee location and the Clearwater location were so similar, right? Mm. It's this industrial looking inside. Everybody has black clothes on and the teacher comes over and the teachers don't give a fuck. Mm. They just look pissed off (sighs) like they hate their fucking job. But you know that these are seasoned queens who know exactly what they're doing. So they kind of can be. Right. Yeah. And it kind of adds to the experience, I think. <laughs> like, I kind of want to be treated like shit. I was going to say, this is kind of like Drag Race. Yeah. <laughs> They're just, like, judging hardcore. Right. Like, show me I'm not your priority. Oh, my God. That's so great. And so I'm sitting in the chair, and she looks like... I don't remember what her actual name is, but her name could have been, like, Neve, like, heaven spelled backwards. Yeah, I feel Like, that. she was that kind. Yeah. And so she runs her fingers through my hair... And I say, can you do this in two hours? Mm-hmm. And she goes, honey, I can do anything. <laughs> I say, yes. yes. And so she turns and she tells my Arizona girl, mix these. And so what happens is, I'm told, because you can't go from platinum blonde to natural hair in two hours. Right, right. They had to do an intermediate color. So the intermediate color was actually the color of the surface of the sun. It was this flaming orange red. Oh, okay, yeah. And so they, but I was, I didn't understand that because my hair wasn't being bleached, that I didn't have to do the tin foil all over again. Mm-hmm. And so what they did is basically made it into a shampoo. Yeah. And I didn't know that it could go that quickly. Oh. And because these are all natural products, they don't put you underneath the heat. Oh. It's basically like dyeing your hair with Kool-Aid. Oh my You just God. let it sit there and simmer. And so kind of like, you know those cups? Where they're temperature changing. Yeah. That they starts to turn another color when there's liquid in it. Yeah. That's basically what their hair dye is like. Oh my God. So she shampooed in this fiery red color. Oh my God. And Were you scared? Well, I wasn't because she was like, don't freak out. It's not going to look like this. Okay. But I actually kind of liked it. But I knew... <laughs> okay, is I that like, next? I was <laughs> like, if, if I could do the platinum blonde, I don't think the flames of hell is going to look any better on top of my head. Oh my God. But... We were like laughing through it, whatever. And so I, of course I got a few selfies with it. I got to see those. Yeah, I'll show you. They're deleted, but I'll restore them back from my Damn. box. Okay. And then she was like, all right, now we're going to go in and we're going to do your hair, your brown color. But just so you know, because of this intermediary color, 
it's going to have some tints of like auburn, orange, red. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay. And so whenever it came out, I kind of liked it because to me it gave me very Pittsburgh vibes. Yeah. There's some light grunge in here. I feel it. There's a little bit of gender fuck. Yeah. It's clear that it's died, but it's yes. but it's kind of like how RuPaul says he prefers to not swear because it's kind of more naughty to not swear. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, it's like, this is a hair dye, but it's almost kind of more naughty because it is so subtle. Yes. Oh, you know? I so feel that. And so right now, you can tell that my hair, because in certain angles, it kind of looks like purpley. Yeah. It has like more of, I would say like, like a cherry. Like it has like mm-hmm. a very light, a very, very, very light red tint in the sun. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm fine with it. I like it a lot. I think it's been serving me well. But it's just been funny, though, because for the past 48 hours, people have been like, wait a minute, weren't you blonde two days ago? Well, I've heard that so many times in my life. (laughs) I mean, honestly, (laughs) sometimes it's just how the cookie crumbles. It's true. It really is. But the reason that I think I needed the change, though, back to my brown. Right. It's not because I thought I looked bad, because I actually thought I looked pretty damn no, good. No, it looked really good. I thought I looked fine in it, but it wasn't me. Mm. And when something is not me, you know how, how important my brand is to me. Right. My personal brand. I may not be famous, I may not be a marketer, but I know that I know what my brand is. Yeah. And for me to look in the mirror and say, I don't know who that person is knowing that I was going to be meeting professors, yeah, meeting classmates, having to represent myself. It's a little scary, and it's also not necessarily well, it's scary, but it also leaves a level of uncertainty. Right. to it that like you're you're kind of stepping into this new experience, uncertain of who you are. Right. And you don't want that. No, I was afraid. Yeah. I said I, these people aren't going to actually know the real me. That's right. And even if I act the same, which I don't think I would have. I think I would have shown up differently in that space with me thinking in my head, this doesn't look like you. Right, right, right. So it was a very interesting episode in my life. It was quick. I'm glad I did it. Yeah. I don't think it's ridiculously profound, except that for me, it was a foreshadowing of bitch, get with the program. Because there's going to be a lot of changes in your life coming up and fear is not going to serve you. No, that's so true because you're just clinging on to that idea of the unknown. So you go in, you get your hair dyed, you think, ha ha, I have something that I can finally claim ownership right. over. Control. I can control something. But then it's like, oh, shit, all these changes are still going to happen anyway. Right. So it's not going to lessen the impact of those changes regardless. Exactly. Just because my hair is a different color. Right. And really, it's just a distraction, right? That's all it is, honey. We have so many distractions that we try to put in our face to just keep us away from whatever the real thing is that we need to do. That's so true. Um, And that whatever that real thing is, is going to emerge, whether we welcome it or not. It always does. Well, there's patterns, right? So usually the thing that's going to emerge has emerged already, Mm -hmm. right? So you know that... You were able to recognize as you were sitting in that chair and this woman is slapping on the platinum blonde eye, you were able to recognize, okay, actually, I'm, I'm nervous. Let me tell you my story. Right. Because you needed to reiterate your story to remind you, oh, shit, this is why I'm doing this. Right. <laughs> but then right. you couldn't go back. <laughs> right. I couldn't go back. And I think once I realized that that wasn't, that was like taking a, a medicine for the wrong injury, right? Yeah. You know? It's like yeah. I have a sore throat, but... I put on a knee brace. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's not how you heal that, honey. Um, and, and when we think about kind of the fear behind that is like, was I afraid to admit to myself that I needed the knee brace? I wonder how this shows up in other people's lives. 
For you, it was dyeing the hair. Mm -hmm. I wonder when people go through changes, and I don't have an answer. I'm really just genuinely curious. And maybe for our listeners, I challenge you to think about how you do this. I'm curious as to what other types of manipulation we need to conduct in order to feel like we control something. Because at the end of the day, we're manipulating something. Right. Right? You changed your hair for a specific purpose. Sometimes we can take it a step beyond and try and control other people. I see this in relationships all the time. Mm -hmm. I say, like, I'm a therapist. Like, I'm a marriage counselor. (laughs) My clients do this every day. My clients, i.e. my students, do this every day (laughs) in their very serious 16-year-old relationships. (laughs) I see it all the time. But I really do. I mean, even with, not necessarily within friend groups, but just, I see it on TV. I see it in the media. I see it on social media when I was on it. I see it all the time where people are trying to manipulate other people just so that they can avoid and be distracted by their own issues. Yeah. The changes going on in their life. Let's talk about what level of frequency that's at, bitches. Right. That is the lowest frequency you can get. Right. And we always talk about wanting to be in the attic, but bitch, fear puts you in the basement. (laughs) You are going down into that cellar way. Oh my God. And it's dark down there. And it's not like one of those trendy underground houses in Sweden. No, no, ma'am. No. This is bad news bears. Right. Well, and this is a place where you put yourself almost intentionally because you know you can't see yourself out of it. It's always intentional. But sometimes we don't realize it because people are not doing the work because they're distracted. It's a vicious cycle. It's the merry-go-round to hell. And speaking of problem solving, Mm. one of the cards that you and I really gravitated towards today Mm -hmm. in the Chakra Deck by Tori Hartman, which is also not a sponsor of this show, but it goddamn might as well be at this point. We're interested. We are very interested. (laughs) Call us, Tori. Um, The card that we really gravitated to was the Enlightenment card. Yes. And the Enlightenment card is part of the Yellow Chakra, Mm -hmm. which is known for problem solving, Mm. solutions. What are we going to do with this? Now, this is the yellow chakra, meaning this is the solar plexus. This is the intellectual chakra. Okay. So whenever we think about what the yellow means, if you're kind of going down the line, right? Right. Um, This is going to be the one where you kind of worked out some of your more grounding issues in your earlier ones. Okay. Right? So root chakra, grounding. Yes. And then some of the emotional pieces. Right, the sacral. In the sacral, yes. Sure. So by the time we get to solar plexus, it's kind of like, all right, figure this shit out now. Gotcha. Right? You okay. got to keep going with this. Maybe this is why so many people have digestive issues. It could be. Mm, that's interesting. There's a lot of things to process. Yeah. And so this card being part of that, I think makes sense because the root of this card is fear. <laughs> How do we solve our fear? Mm. So I'm going to read this description, and I want you to interrupt me every time you have something to say. Okay. 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 So in this deck, as you might know if you've been listening to us talk about this, there's a little legend with a character. Mm-hmm. And our character in this one is Topaz. Mm. And the tagline says, if I seek peace, I must embrace my fears. That's a scary thing to do, embracing. Embracing fears? Right. Like embrace like a hug? You're right. Oof. Like a baby, like a dog. Oh. Embrace Oof. it. No, I want to push my fear away, though. Right. Ah. Then you don't seek peace. <laughs> That's right. And then you don't seek feedback. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. The dang legend. Let's talk about Topaz. Topaz is a renowned spiritual teacher. People travel to hear his wisdom. He's journeying up a mountain to seek private counsel with the great servant when a young boy stops him. The boy asks, if enlightenment is to be found in my own mind, then how do I get there? 
The moment before he disappears into the mist, Topaz replies, through your fears. Mm. If enlightenment is to be found in my own mind, how do I get there? Through your fears. In my own mind. In your own mind. That's key. It's not a destination that is physical. And you probably wrote this description. Oh, did I? Because the next thing says, at this time, your journey is more important than your destination. Oh, shit. Remember, if you face your fear, you will grow stronger because relief awaits. Yeah. Key ideas. Path to enlightenment. The reluctant sage. Taking time alone to connect. Trusting your intuition. Needing solitude. Time for reflection. What does what is the reflect ref, what is it? The sage? Reflective reflected sage? The reluctant sage. Reluctant sage. Yes. So does that mean I'm a reluctant sage? Does that mean that I need reluctant sage? What does that do I need what does that mean? What I kind of liken it to so something that has been popping up in my life everywhere lately is the hero's journey. Yes. And for me, when I hear about the reluctant sage, I think of the refusal of the call in the hero's journey phase, right? Okay. Where you know that there's work to do yeah. and you refuse it yeah, because you're not trying to go on a journey. Gotcha. Because you so, want the quick, you want the relief, you want the right. destination. Because you want to solve the problem, but you don't want to do problem solving. That's right. <laughs> 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 Hashtag freaking high school students uh, hashtag humans <laughs> no in general yeah absolutely yeah it's hard work right but oh. that was something that i think struck me whenever i read journey of souls for the first time with mm. the reminder that if it scares the shit out of you it's probably what you were down here on the earth to do shit. it was probably one of the reasons that you incarnated yeah it's on that checklist it's gonna be on your report card honey <laughs> Dang. Because no, if you think about all of the things that are relative, fear is so relative. Oh, yeah. What's the, what scares oh. the shit out of me might not for you and vice versa. A lot of times it's visceral too. Right. I find that a lot of times I am fearful of things that aren't real. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes for a lot of us, especially in our quick-paced lifestyle of just waking up, doing the same thing, going to routine, got to go, you got you to eat dinner, you got to drive the kids to soccer, you got to do all this stuff, you go to bed and you start all over. And I think that that almost denial of needing to stop and sit, I think is huge. Yeah. It's absolutely huge. But I'm just, I don't know. I keep going back to it. Am I a reluctant sage? Am I scared to embark? And sometimes you have to be forced to embark. That's true though. And we know that. No, that's true. Because I'm being forced to embark. You are. You were literally offered something that, you could not refuse. Right. There was no refusal of the call. <laughs> like, like the situation that you were put into, which of course you applied, you had gone through it. You, right. there was, right. there was an inkling somewhere within you that said maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and of course there was a lot of, that was at a special time and, and you had to be in a special mental space for that. But something drove you to apply. But I mean, not to brag on you or anything, which I will. This was a very, very competitive program that you have found yourself in, Juan. And so, and all of the things that they have offered you, for you to reject it would be fear leading. It would. Completely. And I would have had to sit with that. Forever. Right. That question, what experiences has fear robbed you of? Yeah. That would have been at the top of the list. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That is crazy. Yeah. My mind is spinning because I got... I got some journaling to do <laughs> only because, only because it's so, 
I am on the merry-go-round right now. Yeah. Even though I will say the past, and I kind of talked to you about this on the phone a little bit ago, I have felt the past couple weeks that there has almost been a layer removed from me. Spiritually, I have felt lighter. And I think that is the universe's way of saying, are you ready? Mm. (laughs) Like you are going to be pushed into some things, but it is going to wake your ass up and not in a bad way. Not in a bad way because I think I'm really, truly ready. Something is happening. I don't know what it is. So, y'all, you got to stay tuned for that because I'm really not sure what it is. I am coming in on the expansion card from my annual reading. So I know that good things are happening and good things are in the works. But I think at this moment in time, I'm still kind of letting the fear creep in just a little bit of what I know that I need to do. I know there are things that need to be said, things that have to be accomplished, Um, but I don't know. I feel like something big is going to happen, but this card is a reminder. Yeah. Well, and I think you know that something is going to happen if there are some sort of discomfort feelings tied to that. No. Yeah. That's so true. So you might feel like it's effortless. Right. But if it's too comfortable. Then work is not being done. Right. Work is not easy. Right. It is not. No. So when we think about all of the ways, I'm sure a million people will pop up in our mind, but the idea of fear-based energy and what that does to people and how it even influences our interactions. Whenever we had our Valentine's Day podcast, The Relationship from Hell, (laughs) we talked about how fear is usually the center of romantic relationships and how that affects things. Yeah. But when we also think about the ways that we are put really in positions to do amazing things as human beings. Yeah. And that refusal of the call, I think of in my life, when I've said no, I don't think I've ever not thought about those things that I said no to. Really? Like those have always still been on my mind. Like, hmm. I wonder what if, like what, what would have happened? Oh, sure. I think about that a lot. But all the things that I said yes to that I was fucking terrified to do, those have been some of the most amazing moments of my life. Absolutely. And that sounds not intuitive that if it's really a no, it's really a yes. (laughs) But I think in some ways, we know that we are socialized in our own ways, psychologically, to only say yes to the things that we know will make us comfortable. No, that's true. I'm reading this description one more time, and I'm finding all of these connections between these, these key ideas. The taking time alone to connect needing solitude, trusting your intuition, reflection, those are things that you do by yourself. Yep. Oftentimes we are very, very scared to go on anything alone. And that's because the truth is going to come up when we're alone. We remember 2013. Too well. (laughs) I was just having this conversation with my mom where... We were talking about social media. I, I don't know what it is that I have against social media. It's, it's like this, it's a repeating thing. There are repeating things in my life. The need to declutter constantly, it's a cycle. The need to declutter constantly, but then I end up buying more shit. And then also the need to get rid of my social media, only then to reactivate it and go like 10 times harder. Yeah. Right? So I, I do this all the time, but... Again, with this expansion card coming my way, 
I know that I am on the path to maybe not full enlightenment because enlightenment is literally in the quantum love graph, the highest frequency that you could ever possibly be. Will I get there someday? I'm confident that I can. Yeah. I'm confident that I could reach that. Maybe not tomorrow, but I have a long ways to go and I know that I will get there at some point. But since I feel like I'm embarking on something huge, like I am, the door is going to get kicked wide open and very, 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 very soon. I'm on the freaking ledge, y'all. Kick yep. me off the ledge. Um, <laughs> I have recognized, I have been recognizing that my absorption, my consumption of social media has just been really, really distracting. We go back to that, the distraction piece. And so I got rid of it. I deactivated. And of course you can always go back because they will never let you completely drop off the grid ever once you have one. But I've gotten rid of my Facebook. I got rid of my Instagram because I know that I need to connect with myself. I know the only way for me to truly at least inch toward this enlightenment in whatever that, however that looks, I need to do this alone. And I know that I cannot balance right now. I cannot balance the fear-based social media. Cause I go on social media and all I see is Trump. All I see are people commenting about Trump. I see all the gun reform stuff. I see people decorating their beautiful homes, the homes that I don't have. I see all of this stuff and I absorb it all. And my frequency is low by the end of the day, completely drained. Because everybody's afraid. Because everybody is fear-based. And so I said to my mom on the phone recently, once I, I said, that's it, mom. I deactivated. I did it. First step toward enlightenment or whatever. And I said, I, just, I feel like I needed to do it. And my mom says, you know what's so sad to me is that so many people my age only have Facebook. That's all they have. And that's their social life. And I said, that was me in 2013. <laughs> and I'm being serious to a point. I mean, that was all that we relied on was our lives existing on social media, on yeah. Instagram. You and I both during that year, because we were living by ourselves. We were living in areas where we really didn't have friends. And we really were living in a fear-based mindset. If this was us today as you are ready to embark on a new journey and you're going to be placed in a, in a physical city where of course you do know people, but you're going to be in a completely different mindset Yeah. because you've learned, right? Right. We needed that space, but the distraction piece is huge. Yeah, it is. And I think people have different ways of managing those distractions. Oh, absolutely. I'm just an extremist. Y'all please don't, please. I'm not saying to go ahead and deactivate your Instagram, deactivate your Instagram. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying that for me, I need the silence. Yeah. I need the silence and it's not forever. I know this. I'm, I'm a realist, but I need the silence right now so yeah. that I can channel my focus inward. Like this card says, I can channel my, my, I need to reflect. Yeah. Yeah, because we have to balance that energy one way or another. Yeah. And I think for me, I, I know that none of the social media deactivation ever worked for me. Because like you said, I just came back 10 times harder. Right. And so I think what I had to learn to do on Facebook and Instagram is what I have to do in real life, mm. which is how do I still navigate myself mm -hmm. among the chaos? Right. 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 Like, how can I still scroll through Instagram, see all of these people's lower-based energies, mm -hmm. and not let it get to me? Right. How can I walk through a crowd of people, especially students, many of whom are younger and still are going through a lot of the things oh, yeah. that operate at lower frequencies, oh, absolutely. and not let that rub off on me? It's like the meme of you, like, dodging the words, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, how it, that's how it feels like. Yeah. And... 
I think there are many ways that you can get to that point, and especially with fear, is just not letting other people's fear rub off on you. Right. Well, it's the energy sphere, right? right? Like Rob Bell says this all the time. I love Rob Bell. But he says this all the time. He's like, why are you trying to interact in other energy spheres? And it was actually reading about that, getting into those, it's getting into the bubble of people mm-hmm. and, and the frequency that they're on that is actually why I needed to deactivate. Yeah. I was says, I am too consumed with this right now. I need a reset. Yeah. I need a reset so that I can understand the balance a little bit more. And the journaling that I'm doing instead of sitting in my bathtub scrolling on Instagram is significant. Going out for a run and actually being in my head and enjoying nature and hearing the birds and just being with myself is so much more rewarding than sitting in the Target parking lot on Instagram being like, hmm, how can I take a you know, a picture of this candle that I just bought so I can show the world. Right. Like, no. Right. Reset. Reset so that I can get to that balancing point. Yeah. Because I'm not there. Right. But I think what is important to remember is that enlightenment is hardly ever going to be a fixed reality. No, so not at all. I think there are moments that we have experienced enlightenment. I guess you're, I guess you're right. Yes. Yes, I guess you're right about that. I mean, I know that I experience enlightenment... I would, I would say regularly, but for how long that lasts, who knows, right? Mm. Like there have been moments where I have been walking in a park with Lillian. The sun is out. Mm. I can feel myself tapped into my highest frequency. And if that's not fucking enlightenment, I don't know what is. Mm. I am my fully evolved human form. I'm not thinking about anyone or anything. I am just here in the moment and it feels good. I wonder... I wonder what that looks like for other people. Because mm-hmm. for me, that would stress me out. Really? Being with the dogs mm-hmm. in nature, I would not reach enlightenment. I would be probably at a fear-based frequency. Mm-hmm. I would probably be in an anxious, maybe anxiety of like, are other dogs going to come along? Are other people going to be by? I don't know. what. Like I can't, I don't navigate that. But I think when I'm alone in a safe space and I'm able to tune in and just focus on the soul, and just yeah. focus on the spirit, which, according to Oprah's podcast, I've learned are two different things, but it's cool. It's fine. We'll do another That's one true. on that. Yep. <laughs> um, but when I can sit with that and tune out the distractions, I think that was, I think you're right. I think I have probably reached moments of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe when I am meditating, because I'm still on that journey, I have really been trying and focusing on that. There have been moments, probably. Or have gotten pretty dang close. Yeah. But I want them to be more. Right. And But that's the journey piece, not the destination. Right. Exactly. You start kind of racking those experiences up. Yeah. And saying, I guess so. well, if I could choose to be in the Target parking lot scrolling through Instagram, or I could choose to be in my own room as a sanctuary feeling as close right. to enlightenment as possible, right. I'm going to start making different choices. Right. You know when I felt it recently? I'll tell you. I don't know if it was necessarily enlightenment, but it was really, really close was when I was a part of that angel card group at FSU mm. on Thursday. And I was, I, Juan invited me to go to a spiritual life project uh, event. And it was a very small group of people. Um, and it was so fun. And, but it wasn't just fun. It was, it was just almost like a higher purpose. It was like a calling. It was a moment of validation for me and my soul. And I just felt, I felt lighter. Yeah. I felt the ego wash away and I felt just at peace in the moment. Enlightenment, maybe. Maybe at moments. 
because I just loved seeing these people get so much from the messages of the cards. Right. It was just such a cool thing. Right. You were doing spiritual work. And I think that's it. I think when I'm doing spiritual work in the right spaces, yeah. that's key. Cause or else I could get drained. Yeah. Right. Because again, fear, anxiety, I let those things creep in. Yeah. So it's all about channeling the true purpose and intention of something yeah. and being able to block out the distractions. Right. Which a side note, oh my gosh, I spoke with the girls. Oh God. You know that they loved you. Why do you make that sound? I don't know, That's fear based. It's fear based. But it's because it's because to some people I think the storytelling of the cards, I'm, I'm thinking, are they perceiving it as ego? Me being so, but like you said, we already talked about this privately. Yeah, I was going to say, we did talk about we this. We talked about this privately. Like, this is really just in my own head. But I am so hesitant of people misinterpreting my spiritual practices as an ego-based practice. And I have to remember, it doesn't really matter what they think. Right. <laughs> like, that's their energy sphere. Well, yes. It doesn't matter what they think. But also, when they tell you that they loved it, you're I allowed know. to believe them. I know. I am. You're allowed to, <laughs> to believe that if they say that they loved it, that means that... I know. That doesn't mean that they hated it. No, I know. Um, I know. You're right. You're but right. they thought it was so funny. So, because I train my students to do angel cards. And I'm training them with the Mendezable Kohler method. And so... With the theme on the back? Yes. And so... <laughs> So what we do, I don't even know when we started doing this. I don't know. But early, early yeah, days. It was. Yeah. The, traditionally for angel card or oracle spreads, at least the kind that we do, you have a past, present, future card. Yeah. But then at some point we threw in the bonus card. I love that we call it the bonus card too. <laughs> I think of it like a bonus room in a house. Like, yeah. does it really serve a purpose? Yes. It brings everyone together. It's where we all like spend time as a family. <laughs> right. Like I, I sometimes call it like a theme card. Like yes. this is like the overall message. Yes. But you take that. By taking what is left of the deck and flipping it over. And whatever's on the bottom, you bring it on top. Right. And they were so funny telling the story because they captured you perfectly. <laughs> because they said, oh, and when I casually flipped over the bonus card, she just went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> And the face that I made was like a, a classic shocked Cherise face. And they were like, she just like was so shocked and said, oh, how do you know how to do that? <laughs> I created that. It's like, bitch, they're in the Mendezabal Kohler School of Fine Arts. I said, wow, I'm really changing the world. I am really making an impact. Creating the bonus card. I love it. I was, I, I totally forgot about that part because that was the first reading. Yeah. And when I saw her do that so naturally, because I didn't instruct her to do it, she just naturally flipped over the deck. I was like, no way. Yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> that was is so not common funny. practice. It is not. It is not. <laughs> That's cute. But now I forget that that isn't common practice. I know. Because it's so common for us. I know. It really has just made its way into, and I, I would feel incomplete without doing it now. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Well, that's kind of like, you know, forming your own religion almost within this space. I mean, mm -hmm. that's like, we really, we went on that journey together. Right. You know, we really did. And even though I introduced the cards to you, I was a noob. Yeah. I really was just starting. So we really have gone on this together. And I like that we have formed our own kind of language around it and I think that's so fun yeah it's and a thing. we're passing it on to other people we are we have disciples <sighs> that's awesome it that is. is really really cool because you is. could tell those god they're so into it and yeah. they really genuinely just wanted to learn more and absorb information and it was just like I love students like that mm -hmm. just really awesome yeah and I think the reason why we like it like you said is because there's no fear in that right. when you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing right because I think when, when I know that I'm in fear frequency, the questions that I'm asking myself are, 
first, the obvious, like, what are you so afraid of? Mm. Second, where is this fear coming from? Yeah. So going back into the childhood days, right? Always. Always. What happened to you that would make you feel like this? But then also, kind of like, when I'm not so gentle with myself and say, bitch, this is, like, you're wasting time. Like, now you're thinking about how you're afraid. Mm. You need to let this go. Yeah. And so then whenever I can take a big, deep breath in and get in tune with myself and remember I have a visual of what my spirit looks like whenever Mm -hmm. I'm at that low frequency. Oh, that's a great tactic. And I see myself basically like a puddle on the ground. That's a great tactic. I'm I'm going to use that. Yeah. And that's literally my reaction. Like, ew. Ew. Oh my gosh. I don't want that. And everybody around me can sense it. Wow. And the visual, I think also when I think about the opposite, what enlightenment looks like to me Mm. is like this big, tall, it's kind of like a rainbow like pillar. It's just so sparkly Mm. and I'm just beaming light. Yeah. And everybody wants to be around that person. I want to be around that person. Oh, absolutely. It's the marigold. Right. I can do anything when I feel like that. So whenever I was in Pittsburgh and I was meeting these new people and I was Mm -hmm. stomping around in my boots, Mm -hmm. looking cute in my winter clothing, Mm -hmm. I think people were very drawn to me because I wasn't afraid. You know, I'm going to say this. I'm going to tell you this. I didn't get to tell you about my dream last night. I'm going to tell you this really quickly and how it impacted my day because it really did change things around. Mm. And now that it's so funny now that, you know, there's no coincidences, obviously, that we're talking about this and it totally connected to what happened. So last night I had a nightmare. Total fear-based, total insecurity-based, where a student of mine, um, I overheard her talking to a boss of mine. I don't even know who she was talking to, but I knew it was someone important. And she was telling this person, oh, my, my English teacher, she's terrible. She doesn't grade papers. She doesn't give us feedback. All the buzzwords in education this 16-year-old was saying to my imaginary boss in my dream. And I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God. And I wasn't freaking out because I thought of the repercussions professionally. I was freaking out because a student didn't like me and a student Mm. thought I was inadequate, which is, that's my clientele. That's, that's where I get my feedback or from my students. Because if, if they are learning, if they feel like I am doing my job, then I am doing my job. Right. Right. So I woke up completely in a scattered space. I was just, I, I've been trying to get to work earlier, um, after listening to RuPaul's interview with Oprah on the Super Soul podcast, where he says, are you just addicted to the anxiety because you're showing up late? Yes. So please like, y'all, you gotta listen to that one. So that was the, that's, once I listened to that, I was like, oh dang, maybe I am addicted to the adrenaline rush of showing up late to places. So I've been waking up earlier to get to work without that adrenaline rush. Mm. Okay, so I started that like just before spring break. And it's been great. But I still felt the anxiety, the heaviness, the fear from the dream. And so I, I get to school and I tried to reframe everything. My classroom was just painted fresh. So the walls are bare. Mm. This is not me, you guys. And so I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable in my space. There's so many elements stacked against me, right? But my kids come in and it's a new, the classroom is set up differently and they, they don't know what to do. They're a little hesitant, but I put them where they're supposed to be. I put them into their groups and then I do what I do best. I laugh. 
I spend a lot of my day laughing. A lot of my day. Before, I didn't. Last year, my really, really tough year, I didn't laugh at all. And it was a really, really suffocating experience for me. And so lately, especially, especially since 2018, really, since the beginning of this year, I made it a point to have fun and to laugh. And my entire aura, I just felt it. I felt the fear wash away. And I just felt this like, oh. and it, I mean, sometimes laughter is fake. Sometimes laughter is a show. But for me, just really being present in the moment with those kids and laughing about the silliness of the text and laughing about, you know, someone's response to something and it was funny and it was just good and just the good nature of it. The kids come alive. Yeah. Everyone comes alive in that moment. And the student that I had the dream about who told my imaginary boss, she's actually, she's the sweetest kid and she's actually in that class, my first mm. class. And I said, Hey, let me tell you something funny. I had a dream last night. And a couple of kids, they were laughing at my dream. Because especially one kid who talks about his dreams all the time, he's like, that is the silliest thing I've ever heard. And that alone to me was validation. Right. Like, wow, that you really were just picking up. You said exactly what I needed to hear. Right. That my fear was silly. Right. So I don't know. I think it was just meant to be. It was meant to be that this card we pulled so that we could have this conversation for me to further validate that our fear is really just ours right. and we just, we got to embrace it. We got to recognize it, but we don't have to let it trap us. No, it's a tool. It really, it's we can, we can, trying to help we us. can use it. Right. Exactly. Which I did today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's perfect. I love it. And this card is so interesting too, because it really is the person kind of embodied as enlightenment is this, Golden aura. Mm -hmm. There is a bright, sunny gaze right on top with yeah. clouds in the sky. It looks like what it would feel like, even if you're not a nature person, but what a higher energy yeah. field would look like. Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. Um, and so I think when we still do remember that, to use the phrase that we talk about so many times, a soul in the body, mm -hmm. and that our soul wants to play, our soul doesn't have a fear. Those are human things. No, you're so right. So it's part of the human experience, but something I've been thinking to myself lately, I don't know that it's been helpful. Well, it has been helpful. I tell myself like, that's such a human thing of you to do. Yeah, 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 because what is really the human experience? Right. We are a soul having an experience in a body. Right. Right? And, right. and that has really helped to frame my mindset too. Yeah. Is kind of reframing that like, oh, we're just we're just human once. Right. No, not true. Right. Like I get annoyed even whenever I catch myself being stressed about work or something like that. I'm like, fuck you. That's a human thing. Right. That's not who you are. Right. That's not right. the essence of who you are. That's, that's exactly not what you're here it. for. Wow, that's inspiring. That is so inspiring. That's just yellow to me. Right. Everything about that is just yellow. Right. Beautiful. Gold. Yeah. Bright. Yep. I love it. It's better than what we think we are. Yeah. Better than we usually are. Better than what we were told we were. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Shit. <laughs> well, oh. the fear is, it's a journey, but... It really is. I think the... Best thing that I can remember from that card taking away from this is that that idea of the refusal of the call. Yeah. Don't refuse that shit. It's yeah. going to come back. It's like a parking ticket, bitch. 
<laughs> you can't run away. And it's going to come back and it's going to be double the fine. <laughs> it always it always is. is. It always fucking is. I am obsessed with what you just said. I am obsessed. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to tattoo it on my body. Like, that is everything. Double the fine. Double the fine. It always comes back that way. Right. Oh, my God. It's so much easier if you just pay that goddamn ticket in the first offense. It really is. Because Take then a after class. three, yeah, after <laughs> after three times you go to court. Like, yeah. wow. you can't just not pay that shit. Wow, I love <laughs> it. <laughs> so stay out of court, friend. Yeah, for real, stay out of trouble, y'all. <laughs> learn from your mistakes. Please do, or learn oh. from ours. One of the two. <laughs> for real, we'll all learn from each other. How about that? Hey, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Oh, I like it. <laughs> All right, well, a pleasure as usual. It really was so, so needed. So enlightening. <laughs> yes. So, so enlightening. It was. Well, we'll see you next time, friends. Bye. Bye.